0: We are uh, in a study, kind of focusing this year on what it means to be a real church and to be a healthy church. We've been studying in Romans, the 12th chapter. Uh, We left off uh, verse 13 uh, last time we were on this, where it says, Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Open your homes, invite people in. We talked about that. My question to you, have any of you done anything about it? People, we need to be doers of the word. Not just hearers. Here, You might come and hear and be blessed because you heard. And I love the way they talk. And such a great message. But it means jack squat if you don't do it. The Bible says you got to be a doer. Listening won't cut it for you. And listen to me. On judgment day, it's not going to matter what you heard. It's not going to matter what you sensed, what you felt. Oh, I should have. I know I wanted to. It's not going to make any difference. All that's going to matter is what you did or did not do. We need to be doers, not feelers or intenders. Somebody say amen. Amen. We're crying out loud. Jesus gave a parable once. He said, the guy had two sons. Comes to the first son and says, son, go work today in the vineyard. He says, oh, dad, I love it, man. I love the vineyard. Thank you for this opportunity. It's great. It's so exciting. I just love the vineyard, love the vineyard. But then he didn't go. Had a great attitude about it, but he didn't go. Came to the second son. Son, go work in my vineyard. Oh, are you kidding me? I hate the vineyard. Stupid vineyard, you're making me do stuff. I was going to go play video games day for crying out loud. <laughs> and then he went and worked. And Jesus asked the question. And the reason he had to ask the question is to point out what I'm trying to point out to you right now. He said, which one did the will of the Father? And they all said, well, the second one. See, the first one had the great attitude. Oh, yeah, great talk. Blah, 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 blah. I just love what you said. It was fabulous. It was great. Oh, yes, Dad. It's great, great. And didn't do anything. The other one had a lousy attitude. But at least he did it. And what matters is what you do. Man, I'd rather have you sit out there thinking, this guy's a big idiot. But then go do what I tell you to do. By the way, if you think that, keep that to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Don't shout it out or anything. Idiot. So anyway, so that's what we left off. Now we're going to pick up verse 14. He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Now, I've always been reticent to claim persecution. Some people are always being persecuted. A fly lands on them. Oh, the flies are persecuting me. You know, I just think, ah. Because I've always considered persecution people who got tortured for their faith, thrown to the lion's den, arrested, beaten. I mean, to me, that's persecution. So I've always ignored this type of verses. But as I was studying for this, I studied the word persecute, and I was kind of surprised, really, by the actual definition. To persecute means to harass in a manner to injure, grieve, or afflict, usually because of some difference of outlook or opinion. When I read that, I went, I guess I am persecuted. <laughs> huh. We all get persecuted when you understand what it really means. Some of you are persecuted by your family and your friends giving you a hard time, you know, because you gotten too religious or whatever, you, you know. Others of you, they know you're a Christian at work and they give you a hard time. They curse around you, tell dirty jokes around you, egg you on, trying to get you to go off on them. It's called persecution. Apparently, this is actually what persecution. People who get mad at what you're saying or doing and do everything they can to hurt you or criticize and stuff like that. We all get persecuted in a variety of ways. And the Bible says the way we respond to that is we bless those persecute us I even had to look up the word blessing and to bless really means very simply just to wish well and to be kind to be nice to people who are big fat stinking jerks be nice to people who are who hate you and what you believe and what you stand for don't be mean to them don't be nasty don't believe in your church hate your church just be nice bless them be kind easy thing to say not so hard to i mean, not so easy to do What we've got to do is do it, but that's that's the real challenge. Respond in kindness to those who actually are working to hurt you. They're harassing in a manner to injure, grieve, or afflict. That's their motivation. They're actually working. I have people in my life who actually work to hurt me, to hurt this church, to afflict us in some way. It's very sad. Again, some of us in our own personal lives, we have it at work or in our family. They're actually trying to hurt you, to get a rise out of you, to make you respond in a certain way. But as hard as it is, and it is hard, our call, if we're going to be truly the kind of church God called us to be, is we need to bless those and not curse them who treat us in such a manner. The next verse. Verse 15, he says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. What does that mean? Someone celebrate, celebrate with them. Don't just be envious that they're doing good and you're not. You know, celebrate. Some of you, you don't have a reason to celebrate. My life stinks. Well, then celebrate for somebody else. Have a good time. Something goes good. Be happy for them. Enjoy life. Lighten up a little bit. Things aren't going your way. You hear something's going for somebody else. Get in on their fun for a while. Pull yourself out of the mully grubs. Don't just envy those who seem to be doing well while you're not doing well. So rejoice with those that rejoice. Be part of a family, a community in the church. And it says to mourn with those who mourn. Feel and empathize with people who are suffering and having a hard time in their lives. This is the right healthy thing a church should do. Now having said that I'm about to say something that's going to sound completely the opposite but track with me here don't empathize with the bad results of bad behavior in people's lives did you track that? Don't empathize with people who their lives suck because they're doing dumb stuff a lot of people do this in fact, I think there's some people that intentionally cause their lives to spiral out of control so they can just get more empathy from people. You know, things aren't going well for them. They never have any money. They spend their money like drunken monkeys. They're living off of credit cards. They're doing everything. They're gambling, wasting money, doing all the wrong. And then at the end of the month, <laughs> <laughs> I have no money. And everybody runs over. Oh, 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 no. You find out someone keeps doing the same dumb things over and over again, don't empathize with them. Tell them to stop it. Try and connect the lines. And I'm telling you, there is a mental disease going around in America. I don't know what in the world is going on. I think almost half of our citizens have it today. Where they have no connection between what they do and what they get. They don't get it. This is what I do. How come I get this? Well, it's because of what you do. What do you mean? Seriously, I think our educational system is creating this nonsense in people's heads. Well, self-esteem. got to help their self-esteem. Everybody has to win. Everybody has to win. You can keep taking the test as many times as you need until you pass. <laughs> People are they're, they're growing up in a culture that they don't get it now. Well, the, how come I don't get a raise? How come I, I didn't get a raise? I don't think I got a raise. How come I didn't get a raise? Well, I don't know, Bob. Maybe it's because you come to work late all the time and never do anything. Well, that ain't fair. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's like talking to crazy people, it's like talking to a wall. Saying, Hello? And they stare at you like you dropped in from Mars. They have absolutely no connection between what they do and what they get. It's a mental disease today. And warn your kids. You kids in school, you teenagers, I got a reality check for you. Your school might be running around worrying about your self-esteem, but I promise you, when you get out in the real world, they don't give a rat's butt about your (laughs) self-esteem. And there's not going to be anyone to make sure everybody gets the same winning scenario. Well, I don't know. This country keeps going the way it's going. That's what they're trying to do. You know, everybody should have the same results no matter what. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, how's that working for us? We're crying out loud. Don't empathize with bad results from bad behavior, and don't empathize with the people who empower the bad behavior. That's a biggie. A lot in the female community do we have this problem. A lot of women who are enablers of bad behavior in their lives because they have such low self-esteem and they don't know who they are, they don't know what they believe. I don't know what happened to y'all. Some of y'all got dropped on your heads when you were very young or something. But seriously, it's time to snap out of it. Sweetheart, you decide how the world treats you. It's just that simple. You lay down the rules. This is how you will treat me. This is how it will go. A lot of women, you hear about some lady who just, you know, her husband's this and he does that and he's looking at porn all the time and he's insulting me and what should I do and you all get around him and you do puppy dog mode. Oh, you're puppy. Let me see your puppy. What a cute puppy. You have. Oh, what a nice puppy. <laughs> Quit going into puppy dog mode with these women. You need to tell them, stop allowing them to do that to you. They don't need to be empathized. They need to get the jerk slacked out of them. A slack church out of them good grief I'm laying around the house looking at porn my wife beats the crap out of me how many of you women would have a problem with that how many of you women would have a problem with that let me see those hands again I'll get out there we need a swirly up here I'm telling you your husband does this openly in front of you, you do nothing to him you just keep cooking for him and taking care of him and making love to him and empowering this bad. Boy? Yeah, one lady said, "No way." You got that right. <laughs> I don't know who that was. I think her initials were Debbie Gunger. But anyway, <laughs> seriously. And I know what happens. They come running and crying. And they want people to empathize with them and feel sorry for them and stuff. But you're not helping people when they do this. We need to start showing people. Be kind. Be nice. Don't be mean. But let's say, let me show you how to live. Let me show you how to get better results in your life. Let me mentor you. That's what we really need in a strong, healthy church, a Christian community. Not just a bunch of people who feel sorry and cry for people whose their lives are terrible because they don't do anything to stop the terribleness in their lives. It sounds like mean but it's called tough love. You know what the Bible says, Paul said, you know what you do to someone who won't get a job but they're really, really hungry? You let them starve. Well, that's not very Christian. Apparently it is. It's in the Bible. This idea that you just empathize and put up with nonsense in people's lives. No, no, no. We need to help people. There's a reason you get stuff in your life. You know, I, I spend a lot of time with couples. You know this. People come to me, they hate each other. They're arguing. What they're arguing about is they're trying to decide who hates each other more. <laughs> I think he. No, I hate you more. No, I think I hate you more. They're... He says, Pastor, what's wrong? Why are we so miserable? I don't know. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever spend time with each other? No. You ever go on dates together? No. You ever do anything together? No. So why are we having a hard time? Hello! (laughs) Seriously, a lot of people get married think that it should all happen automatically. La, la, la. I'm full of joy and love and peace. La, la, la. Come on, you get to a good marriage on purpose. You get to a successful life on purpose. And if you don't know how, we'll show you how. I'm all good for that. But why so many people have a hard time connecting the dots, we've got to help each other. The stronger should be helping the weak, the Bible says. That's what a real healthy church does. And it's not about just feeling sorry for people. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is take someone and shake them and say, Stop it! Lay hands on them. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next one live in harmony with one another. Harmony, right? We should, all, we should all harmonize with it. We should live in harmony. Sounds good. But what people don't know, again, it's not something that happens automatically. Harmony happens on purpose. You get these musicians up here singing and the choir singing and they're singing all those wonderful gorgeous harmonies. That happens on purpose. They get together, they practice, they rehearse. They say, don't sing that note. Not that note, no, not that note. I like that note, don't sing that note. Why? It's the wrong note. I don't think it's the wrong note. Is that the wrong note? Yes, it is. I didn't know it was the wrong note. And they're going back and forth and they're finding, they get on the same page and they come out here and they sing and it's wonderful. And all of you sing along with them. That's great. (laughs) But it happens on purpose. Harmonies happen on purpose. People don't know how to harmonize today. Literally, actually. People don't know how to sing anymore. You can always tell a church group in a restaurant if they're singing happy, by the way, they sing happy birthday. You can. I kid you not. If you hear a group of people singing happy birthday and it's in tune and they're harmonizing, it's a church group. <laughs> Without question. Heathens, they don't know how to sing. <laughs> I'm not being mean. I'm telling you. You listen to them. <laughs> Have birthday to you. Have birthday to you. Happy whoa 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 heathens 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 (laughs) why because they never sing they don't sit in groups like this and sing when you sit like this you actually learn to sing you start hearing pitches and harmonies and it's christian people know how to sing they know how to harmonize people who just listen to the radio don't really learn how to sing they don't It's, it's really amazing but you learn this on purpose and uh it, sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it's easy. It's always fun, though, harmonizing. Take some effort. Again, this, this doesn't just this doesn't happen. They do it on purpose. But one of the things you've got to be careful with and, and just relate to is that sometimes the harmonies change. Don't freak out at change. People just come unglued. You change something. You change something. Ah! Goodness gracious. But change is a beautiful thing. It creates new harmonies. I shall go to the piano and demonstrate. Let's all sing a song together, shall we? Let's sing. Most of you know the song, right? Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Church people, they can sing, see. Now, lovely song, harmony. Some of you are harmonizing along, it's great. But a lot of times musicians change the harmonies because we get bored playing the same stupid three chords over and over again. So we change the harmonies. Yes. Jesus loves me. <laughs> wasn't there before. (laughs) Where'd you get that chord from? I wasn't ready for that chord! Oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. (sighs) Yes, Jesus loves me. Or a jazz chord. Or the dream sequence chord. I just changed it three times just for the fun of it. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so, the Bible tells me In that party. This is what musicians do. They're changing chords. They're changing the harmonies. They change, do different arrangements. It keep sounding different. Chris Salerno, she's a fab, our fabulous piano player. If I asked her to come up with three different versions of Jesus Loves Me in different harmonizations, she probably could do it in ten minutes. Three just as totally different feels and sounds. It's great fun. It's one of the fun things about playing music is changing the harmonies, but it doesn't make it worse. It's just different. Oftentimes it's much better. It's a little bit harder. Now, if I would have brought the choir out to sing the first version, they'd have done it very simply, very quick. The second version that I played, ooh, we gotta work that. What chord was that? Ooh, that note flats out there? Ooh, that's different. But I promise you, you get them all singing the harmonies to what I just played, Ooh, that's pretty. That's beautiful. Don't be afraid of change. Change happens. Sometimes God changes things just to mess with you. Just to get you out of your comfort zone. I'm often stunned by how many people in churches come unglued when there's change in the church.) <laughs> don't think I can go on I need to grieve I need I need to, I just need time pastor to heal there's, there's a new janitor I need time <laughs> are you kidding me you come unglued because there's a different person in charge of a department you come unglued because there's a different choir director you come unglued because there's a new children's director Teenagers come unglued because there's somebody else in charge of the teen department. Are you kidding me? Seriously? I'm not trying to be mean, but hello? This throws you? This we need to overcome. Church, first of all, is never supposed to be about you and me. You and me. Or your department and the leader or your area and the person the pastor who runs it that's not church people that's a movie theater that's going to see a stage show everybody sits there on, anonymously and, and connects with someone on the stage that's not church this this that's not real church you know what real church is it's the guy sitting to your left the one sitting to your right, it's the person sitting behind you, it's the person sitting in front of you, and money has it that you have no idea their first names. You don't know the, name of the guy in front of you, behind you, sitting right next to you. Just hope he doesn't touch you. <laughs> Might have cooties or something, you know. This is church. You're the church. We need to focus more on this. Department leaders should be able to change all day long, and it should matter little. Because it's not about a leader and stuff. See, churches will always be weak. And I'll tell you what, this has been a problem in churches probably for the last 20 years. When you say pastor, I mean, it's all gotten about whoever the leader is. And if the leader changes, the church falls apart. If the department head leader, change, falls apart. Different youth pastors, all oh, the church, all all the young people. <laughs> Seriously, you need to take your kids and shake them. Stop! I don't empathize with that kind of behavior. Oh, pastor, all oh, no, my kids still can't get over it because there was a change in the youth department. Honestly, you're empathizing this? Man, my kids grew up in church. They cut their T's on the back of pews. From the day they could breathe, we were praising God in church services. When they were teenagers, they had half a dozen changes of youth directors. If my kids would have come to me, oh, I do I just don't know if I could go on. Good Lord, it would have been swirly time. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I got news for you boys and girls, you get out of school, there's all kinds of changes going to be in life are we really helping people we need to grow into a strong congregation look it's not gonna happen overnight but let's not fool ourselves we're not there we're gonna get there oh I have every intention of preaching this until you can't stand it anymore (laughs) until you just say shut up already without getting along with people this is church this is what we have got to build if I drop dead tomorrow and there's somebody else in here, it shouldn't make a whole lot of difference other than I hope a bunch of you come and cry. <laughs> or a few of you anyway. Pay somebody to come and cry with you. I mean, something. You know, they, used do, they used to do that. In the old, in old days, they used to hire people. They were professional mourners who'd come and cry at your funeral. <laughs> I'm so sad for... for Bob, it was so sad. <laughs> <This> was... <laughs> Somebody dropped dead. Somebody cry, okay, but. Uh... But let's move on. Let's quit letting, to quit falling apart with change. Here's a verse of scripture I, I, I threw at these guys. They weren't ready for this one. It was Proverbs 24 10. They got it from the last service. Check, check, check this verse out. This is the Bible. If you falter, if you falter, if you falter in times of trouble, what we would say is, oh, what horrible trouble. What big trouble there was. Oh, the trouble must have been really something because they fell. Oh, that change was just too much for them, pastor. It's too much. <laughs> There's a new janitor. They can't handle the kind of change. Oh, it's the trouble. It's the change. It's just too much. of people fall, you've got to stop the trouble. It's not what the Bible says. Put that back up there. It says, if you falter in times of trouble, you are a big, fat wuss. That's what your strength what are you a girly man okay you put me back up there (laughs) now that's not very nice that's not very nice at all you falter you're a wuss well what was trouble oh come on life is full of trouble jesus gave you a wonderful promise in this world you will have trouble thank you <laughs> you fall apart because of trouble, you fall apart because of change, we fall apart because something gets adjusted, we fall apart because this isn't like the way this was over here and they change the song, they change the song <laughs> I hate that card, get rid of that card good grief we need to be able to bend, Jesus said you can't put new wine into old wineskins. Do you know why? Because old wineskins are brittle and they, just, they can't handle the change and they break. I've always prayed, God, don't ever let me turn into an old wineskin. I mean, I'll, I'll look like an old wineskin someday. <laughs> As geezerhood overtakes me, I'll look like I'm gonna break and shatter any second. Don't touch him, I think he's gonna fall apart. But I never want to be an old wineskin. I want to live the kind of life that whatever change may come, whatever adjustments may happen, it doesn't matter. We stay locked arm in arm together, and let's do life together. Let's do life together. Remember, sometimes God will do this stuff on purpose just to freak you out. I was talking to a bunch of young people about marriage and talking about soulmates. I said, you know, there is no such thing as a soulmate. But if there was... If there was one perfect person just for you, the one perfect boy that would meet every need of your heart and fulfill you and give you unending joy all the days of your life, if there really was a boy like that, believe me when I say God would do everything in his power to keep him as far away from you as possible! Why? God doesn't want you getting your source of joy from somebody else. He wants you getting your source of joy from him. You say, my husband drives me crazy. That's God's will. (laughs) Why? Because now you're not going to try to get your joy from them. You're trying to get it from here. See, we should be getting our joy from here and sharing it with others. What a lot of people do is they want to experience their joy here first and then come and say, thank you, God. Or cry because they're not, you know. No, 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 no. Joy starts here. Then it helps us get here. God often will bring changes and stuff into your life for no other reason than to put you on your knees and to turn your attention upward. Look up. Get your connection here. Our hope in our life our desires, our reason for being doesn't come from here. If your hope of life, your joy and satisfaction comes from your circumstances and what happens around you, you are to be pitied, greatly pitied. But those who've learned the secret that no matter what happens here, I still have joy because my joy comes this way this is life changing. I'm going to invite the ushers to come get ready for communion our musicians to come back and uh, changed nobody likes, I don't like change I really don't. I wish things were just, I like the way things, I like my life almost at any given moment all the changes I've gone through is not because I was dissatisfied I'm, I'm really, believe it or not I'm a pretty content guy I just enjoy life I'm happy with this and I like this and I don't, I could quite honestly be doing the same things I was doing 20 years ago and be happy as a clam I'll tell you what though if God hadn't forced uncomfortable changes in my life 20 years ago I wouldn't be here today I'd still be happy doing what I was doing 20 years ago God often will create detours in our lives help us to grow, help us to mature and as a church listen people, the chances of you having the same department head or pastoral, campus pastor or whatever, same worship leader until the day you die is highly unlikely don't make it about that, it should never be about that Church isn't about a few leaders at the top. If church is about a few leaders at the top, it's a weak church. What needs to happen is this needs to get so strong that this could be replaced if need be. And everything keeps going. Everybody's replaceable. I'd like to think that I am irreplaceable, but I am not. Everybody is replaceable let's make Jesus our foundation let's put our hope and our trust in God now maybe you're here this morning as we get ready to take communion and if this is your first time in the service a couple of things are probably thinking one is boy you got a weird pastor (laughs) (laughs) but maybe beyond that you think you know This is really a different service. Maybe you've never been in a place like this. And from the moment the singing started, you knew something was different. Something was unusual. Something was fascinating. What is it? I'll tell you what it is. It's God. We're here celebrating our connection with God. Do you know him? If you've never really experienced God in your life, I'm going to ask you all to bow your heads in a word of prayer. We're all going to pray this prayer together. But if you'll pray this prayer and believe this from the bottom of your heart, you can start to actually experience God in your life not just to know about him let's pray dear Jesus I believe you are the son of God and that you love me so much you went to the cross and took my punishment I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins I now surrender myself to you amen